Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. This is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network alongside Frankie Stample and Michael Florio. I am Greg Sussman. Frankie, what's going on, bud? Greg, TGIF, happy Friday, bud. How'd you sleep last night? Slept all right, man. How about yourself? I, I slept all right, too. I feel uh, re-energized. I was just talking to you downstairs. I don't. I, I feel energized today. I don't know why. It's, it's not a good Friday. It's a... It's a Florio Friday. What's up, Mikey? I see what you did there, Frank. I like it. Is that a, is that a, is, well. is that a new background we have? A puzzle piece? Uh, I'm in my bedroom today, actually. I, uh, I missed Nicolette, the, the sign to City Field. Uh, I'm sorry. Nicolette's working from home today, so I kind of staying out of her way. And uh, that is a gift from my sister-in-law who made it for us. So we have that hung up in here. I, I love how there's just one piece of art in every room. Just one small thing on <laughs> that, every wall. You can't really call this, a sign like, a city field art, right? I guess not. This is my closet, so I can't hang anything there. Can we like, see what's in the closet? Yeah, open the closet. Yeah, let's see what's in the closet. It's, it's a mess of just clothes thrown in there. It sounds about right. This is a true story. I mean, when you connected on Skype downstairs, Gabe Morency walks in and he says, Wow, Florio really went all out uh, is, decorating is, his studio. Is that how he said it? Basically, yeah. can, I, can I get the impression? Oh, Florio really went all out decorating the studio. Yeah, I'm in the process of, uh, you know, still getting stuff. I need to get like a desk and put stuff on it so I could do stuff in Dude, front of it. But now, you, you've been there for like eight months. Greg, slow and steady, baby. Slow and steady. Greg, but you also don't get that like moving across country. First of all, the first six weeks I bought nothing because Nicolette wasn't here. <laughs> so I waited for her to get here for that. And then it's like we needed everything. Like, like. I had no, no furniture for my old apartment, so we've been slow. Like, we had to buy a couch, a TV, a, a table, like, for, for the dining room. And so we, we've been slowly getting everything. We're not all rich, Greggy. No, we're not. Like, we're, not, we're, all, we're all not rich like Frank. Uh, speaking of rich. Wrong person, Greg. Speaking of rich, uh, Frank and I uh, spent some cash last night to go to the Yankee game. Last minute decision. Yeah, big cash. You know, Greg, Greg is here tell trying story. to figure out. How can I save the most money on these tickets? And Absolutely. he's tracking it throughout the day. He's Absolutely. Like, Frank, they're down to $4 tickets. Uh, they're down to $3 tickets. Oh, they went back up to $5. What, what are we doing? We should have bought our tickets. All right, let's go, let's go back. And of course... Let's, let's, listen. No, 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 no. You, you're, you're too I'm far telling ahead. The story you're too far ahead, you're too far ahead of the story. the story. No, 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 no. The story started earlier this week, where I was like, Frank, like, there's like $11 tickets for Thursday. Let's go to the game. And he's like, I'm down as long as it doesn't rain. So he texts me earlier in the day, like, here's $15 tickets for the bleachers. And... 
Then we had a discussion of where we like to sit. Frank likes to sit in the bleachers. I like to sit like upper deck behind home plate. You see the whole field. So we have different like views of what we want. So I prefer behind upper deck behind home plate as well. Thank you, Mike. So wrong answer. <laughs> so at that point, all right, there were fifteen dollars. Great, they're not expensive, but all of a sudden, as Frank mentioned, these tickets are now down to eight, seven, six, five, four. I'm like, oh my god, they're four dollar tickets. Frank, let me just sit wherever. Because no matter what, let's just buy the cheapest tickets we can get, and I will find us place a place to sit inside the stadium that's way better than this, better than the bleachers, better than upstairs. We'll just sit wherever. Let's just get in for four dollars tickets. Are you technically ad- admitting to fraud, Greg? Sure. On the radio, no one's listening. They can listen, but like they're idiots and they don't do what we did. So I do the exact same thing all the time. So they also had this thing that I never heard of before that I didn't trust myself that much to do. It's called like pinstripe pass or something along those lines. Where you could buy standing room only tickets. There were fifteen. There were four, five bucks last night. Um, standing room only tickets, and they give you a beer with your ticket. And I was like, Frank, we should buy this, and we're going to sit anywhere anyway. Let's just buy this. We get a free beer. So what if you can't get us somewhere? I was like, I'm really confident, but like, I don't want to hear your wrath if for some reason it doesn't work. <laughs> so we did it. So we wound up buying five dollar upper deck tickets right behind home plate. And we bought them at 6.10. The game started at 6.30. We left here at 6.15. So I had to use the whole Yankee ticket exchange thing. I bought them on TickPick, a site that I use all the time. Uh, the tickets came to me immediately. I had to accept the tickets on the Yankee ticket exchange. No big deal. So I'm on the train, like, frivolously trying to just get the tickets on my phone. And it just, like, will not work. For, like, the life of me, it will not work. I download the stupid Yankee Stadium app. I'm on their mobile website. It's not Working. It won't let me click to do it. They have a stadium app? Yankee Stadium app, yes. It has two stars on iTunes for a reason. It does. <laughs> so we get outside the stadium. It's Again, we, we, ha- we had to work late, so we didn't get there until um, after the first inning was over. We're outside the stadium. And I, it won't even log in on my phone, this damn app. So Frank downloads the app, downloads immediately. I sign in on my name on his phone. No big deal. Boom. You have no tickets. And I'm just like, what? You have no tickets. So now I'm just like, I'm getting angry. And Frank's like, I guess we're going to buy more $5 tickets, aren't we? I'm like, no, Frank, we're getting in with the tickets we bought. This is absurd. So I call like the number, the customer help number, because I have a confirmation email with a confirmation number. Like I, I have the tickets, they're mine. So I call like, the, the number in the email. Obviously, they're not there anymore because it's 7 o'clock. So no one's there. And I'm just like enraged. So, all right, Frank, let's go over to Will Call. So we go over to Will Call, and I'm just like, here, like, here's my confirmation number. They're saying I have no tickets. Like, what do I do? And the guy's like, here, come on in. They'll just print you new tickets, which is exactly what they did. Frank. Which is good to know if you ever have a similar issue. Yes. Because they gave us tickets right away. Um, How concerned before this point were you that we were not going to get in? Oh, I I was, it was a lock in my mind. I was like, yeah, we're not going to get in. Like, we're turning back. We're going back home. We're standing outside the stadium. Craig's like, well, let's go to the dugout bar and, and see if they have Wi Fi. Right. Because yeah, yeah, I wasn't see. logging in. Yeah. yeah. That's the you, you Wait, you guys would have went home instead of buying more $5 tickets? Well, the thing is, like, I didn't know if we could buy more $5 tickets because while you're doing all this, I'm looking on StubHub to see if I can. Okay. I didn't, know, I didn't know this. But once the event starts, you can't buy tickets anymore. You can't. But you could, buy, you could still buy from the team itself. Sure. But they would yeah, be $5, which, though. Maybe we would have done. Probably would have done. Probably would have done. But at that point, I'm thinking, yeah, like, there's no you way we're getting in. You can't I, you buy tickets on StubHub once the event starts? No. I think no. it's like an hour before or something like that. They take them down. Well, we bought it, like, again, 20 minutes before. 
Yeah. Well, well basically, <laughs> maybe, that, maybe that was part of the issue. I was, I was bashing Greg the whole time because I was telling him, I normally use StubHub and never have any issues. And throughout the day, he's bargain hunting. He's, oh, I got to find the best deal. And, I'm, and we get there. We're standing outside the stadium. By the way, we missed uh, a ton of action. The only run that the Yankees scored Correct. was in the first inning, which yeah. we missed. Yeah. And then uh, we missed a Jorge Soler home run. We wouldn't have been um, there. We wouldn't have been there for the Yankees action, by the way, because we were still on the train. Yeah, true. To be fair. It is true. But, uh, you know, we missed a Jorge Soler home run. Yes. We might have missed, like, another run, too. And then we don't get in until, like, the top of the third inning. So, like that. so we, we, we finally get in, even though Frank couldn't but believe I was bashing it. Greg the whole time. I'm like, you see, Greg, this is what happens you, when you try and bargain hunt. You pay for what you get. Uh, like, I used StubHub, and, and I, I kept never tra- have any issues. I kept trying to describe to Frank that the problem wasn't the website. Like, I had the tickets. It was the Yankees. It was the stupid Yankees app. And the Yankees being ridiculous. Nevertheless, so we get inside, and Frank's like, I need a beer. All right, so we go get beers, which cost double the amount that our ticket cost. More, more so, actually. So we get them, and we go up to the 200 level. We're walking around, and Frank's like, when are you going to pull your magic? And I'm just like, wait for it. Now, we just walk down. We get two seats. We're in there, bottom of the third inning. We're sitting there drinking our beer. He's like, well, this is pretty easy. I'm like, yeah, these are great seats. I'm like, I know. And yeah, you just gotta wait for the usher to like that was to, it. to walk or stroll away or show someone else their ticket. Like exactly, the lower you go, the harder it is because they have more ushers. Exactly. But yeah. Mm-hmm. In the second deck up, I feel like it's very easy. Yeah. So it was it was the second deck. It was like the third inning. So like if you hadn't been there yet, you, you probably weren't coming. And we just we just sat down. You obviously have to have backup seats in case it doesn't work. There's a row behind us that was basically completely empty. We sat down. It worked. I, I went and got food. I got got us more beer. It was a great night. We. Got in and out of the stadium, including tickets for thirty bucks. Can't be that. That's awesome. And the game ended by ten. I like yeah. six thirty. Game start. over by ten o'clock. It was amazing. Oh yeah, the game ended by ten, Greg. I didn't get home till eleven thirty. Oh, that's terrible. I'm sorry, Greg. You'll, uh, Mike, you'll enjoy this. I, I was making great time. I get to uh, Roosevelt stop, and uh, the R train takes thirty minutes to come. So, oh my you're not God. missing. You're not missing much in LA. You didn't get on the I, R at Herald Square. No, because I got off at uh, Rockefeller Center. Okay. And I took the F towards Queens, which goes express. Sure. And then I got off in Queens where I need to take now a local train okay. to get to my stop. And that train took 30 minutes. Five express trains came before one local train. Oh, my God. That's I awesome. have Sorry. not taken ma- like public transportation since I've left New York. And I do not miss it at all. You should not miss it at all. Well, then LA, do they, do they even have public transportation? Yeah, believe it or not. So, like, when Nicolette has to go to her office like there's a bus that picks her up on her corner and drops us off in front like her off in f- literally right in front of her job like so she's very lucky in that aspect but most people know there's there's no public transportation that that they can rely on interesting they're finally starting to build a subway system actually it's not far from my house at all but there's like four stops right now so it it's useless yeah sounds useless how's the traffic treating you Oh, I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. Although I did go to the Dodger game the other day, and the first time I went, I was like, oh, the GPS says a half hour. Wrong. It's a half hour till you have to wait oh to, like, God. kind of funnel in. Oh, my so God. So it really was over an hour. But I went on Wednesday. I left about an hour or so before the game. I guess because it was a Wednesday day game. It wasn't nearly as much traffic. But got there in, like, 30 minutes. Got home in, like, 30 minutes. And to your point, Greggy, the cheapest part of my – Afternoon, I paid for parking, food, and ticket to the game. The cheapest right? part was the ticket to the game. <laughs> Greg, I have breaking news. What do you got? Logan Morrison has signed with the 
New York Yankees. Lomo! Oh, man. They Lomo, Lomo, Lomo. They should have a douche fest to see who's a bigger douche. Lomo him and, and Clint Frazier. <laughs> I'm so I'm pretty excited, though, because I have Lomo. He what? was like my round like 48th pick in the tout. Uh, really? Draft you drafted yeah. Logan Morrison? Yeah, because this was in early February. I was like, he, he'll sign some. I have Evan Gaddis, too. Both of them in the late 40 rounds. I actually don't hate this, Greg. Short portion it's right better field. than I'm Mike Ford, dude. Oh, don't come on. <laughs> Give Mike Ford a chance, Greg. It wasn't his fault. He struck out looking to end the game. Uh, well, it was a bad call. Come on. It was Ian Kennedy's revenge game. It's not his fault. Oh, man. That, that, that was awesome. Um, Let's jump in, Greg. We only have five minutes to go before the break. Well, let's do something in those five minutes. <laughs> go right ahead, Mike. Frank, take, take, take it away. No, okay. Nothing has changed. I love this. Yes. So uh, <laughs> I think the lead, obviously, the biggest story from last night is Ryan McMahon. The, the returning Ryan McMahon, who's only 29% owned in Yahoo, might have went up from last night. I contributed to that because in our work league, the pit league, I picked him up. And I dropped. What did I drop? Uh, that would be Jason Kipnis. I dropped Jason Kipnis. So I think Ryan McMahon is out there in a lot of 12-team leagues, and he got off to a slow start. He got hurt. But it seems like he's going to play mostly every day. And this is starting the stretch, Greg, where the Rockies are finally starting to have some home games. And you saw it come to life last night. Their offense come to life. Ryan McMahon hits two home runs. Uh, a couple other guys get involved as well. Charlie Blackman, still not really involved yet. <laughs> we have to talk, talk about Charlie Blackman at some point. Uh, but I think Ryan McMahon is the one who leads off the waiver wire this weekend, Greg. Let me throw this at you, Florio, because... Um... Frank walked in and said, hey, I just picked up Ryan McMahon. I dropped Jason Kidd. That's what you just heard. And I was like, you know what's crazy? I have on my screen in my home league, I want to pick up Ryan McMahon, but I, I don't know who to drop. Can I drop Rugnet Odor for Ryan McMahon? And Frank's like, you know what? In your league, it's a 12-team mixed. I would do it right now. I would do it. There's no timetable on Odor. I would make the move. So I did. Would you make that move, McMahon, for Odor? I'm okay with that move. Uh, Odor, we know he hasn't. He's been banged up and not playing particularly well before that. But McMahon, I do think because uh, Daniel Murphy's going to be back soon, so I think Murphy takes over the everyday first base role again. I think McMahon though sees the bulk of playing time at second base. I know Garrett Hampson the other day had that the game with the home run and the stolen base, but outside of that, he's been ineffective. Uh, his average is below the Mendoza line right now. I know it's still early, but I don't see how they can justify playing Hampson over McMahon right now. I think McMahon will see the bulk of time at second base, and anytime you could get exposure to cores, uh, I'm cool with that. Yeah, you know, it's funny. So on this team that I picked up McMahon, I own Arenado, I own Dahl, I own Hampson. And I'm just going with, when they're, when they're at cores, I'm going with the all-Rocky lineup. Because more days, more often than not, that should work out for me. Why not? Yeah. I mean, it happened last night, too. They get six runs on the board. Ryan McMahon comes Dal, out. Dal and Arenado, Dal Arenado and Hampson did nothing. I want to make that very clear. No, I mean, David Dahl, it's his first game back. He gets, he hits a double. He scores a run. He walks, and he tries to steal second, Greg. He didn't do any. It's not like he did nothing. Oh, well, not At least enough. he tried to run. He didn't try. He just failed. <laughs> well, whatever. He's still hitting 340. So, I mean, you know, every, I think everyone's about to pick up for the Rockies now. They got a, a slew of games coming up where they're in Coors Field. They got a four-game series, one of them from last night. They got three more games against the Phillies. So, Expecting a lot of runs scored in these games, and I think they're going to be a main focus for DFS lineups tonight. But 
I think Ryan McMahon is the top guy. Uh, I put out a poll before the show, Greg. Uh, do you agree that Ryan McMahon is like the top ad in 12-team league? I think so. I, I think if he's out there, we were just talking before the show as well about guys we were looking at in, in our 15-team league. And, you know, there, there's not much out there. We're going to get to Scott Kingery. We're going to get to Alex Verdugo. We're also going to let you know, like, hey, if you're picking up guys like Verdugo and Kingery and everybody else on this list, who are you dropping? Right? Who is the guy that you're going to drop? That's what we're going to try to get into and uh, make it easier for you. Not just, hey, pick up all these guys. You have to drop someone, too. And so, Florio, just like we did in football season, we want to let everyone know who is safe to drop, which is why I kind of let off with, if you're picking up Ryan McMahon, can you drop a guy like Odor? Because I think people will have those, those type of questions. I'll, throw it, I'll keep it with McMahon for a second. Would you pick up Ryan McMahon and drop Colton Wong? Yeah, uh, Colton Wong, I never bought into. I okay. I know he had that hot week and a half stretch, but Colton Wong is who we kind of know Colton Wong to be. He's cooled off since then. I'd rather have Ryan McMahon, although McMahon would be my second highest waiver target this this week. Uh, and the other player that I like more is on the list that you guys provided, and I know Frank. I think Frank would have an idea of who that is. I'm scrolling down the list. I'm gonna take a. Actually, I don't know because there's a lot of good names on this list. There's a, this is a good weekend for 12-team ads if, if these players are available based on their Yahoo ownership percentages. Mike, would it be, is it Hunter Dozier? Do you want me to answer before or after the break? We'll save it for after the break. Look at that tease. <laughs> Look at that tease. It's a Florio Friday. We're getting all the waivers. I try not to screw around too much here on the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round. We never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 Game Time Decisions i got to tell you, we're probably amongst the uh, the two uh, unhealthiest uh, radio hosts in the world uh, considering I just came very, very close to throwing up about 10 seconds before I sat exactly. down to the chair. Exactly. That's why I, thought, that's why I was a little late to the chair and I swear to God, 402, 403. I started choking. I was like, oh. <laughs> now, I should note, I just crushed microwavable uh, craft dinner macaroni and cheese. days, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 
So I hope you can stand the vibration. Cause we're about to rock the entire nation. Alright? Here we go. Best friends forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network, live with you here on FNTSY. Mike Florio's in the house, kind of via Skype. Uh, that's Frank Stample. He's in his house. He's in his house, in his, in his bathroom, locked away. <laughs> Nicolette, don't knock on the door. Please don't knock. I'm, I'm working with my best friend. I'm working. <laughs> He's got nothing. I don't even know what to He's say. Got back. He's got nothing. Oh, by the way, I'm gonna. Bring, I'm just gonna. You know what? I'm gonna bring this out. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna bring it up. Probably not even for air. I don't care. So, Floria, did you listen to the show earlier this week where we, uh, we heard about your thoughts on Trevor Richards? I did, only because uh, Jim Day tweeted me and was like, <laughs> oh, yo, they're bashing you on the BFF. So I, I was like, that doesn't sound like Frank and Greg. So I had to go pop in. And, and I didn't like, I don't want to get defensive of Trevor Richards, but I feel like we're viewing him like he was like a top like 30 or 40 starting pitcher. And. He's a guy who's going outside the top 20 rounds in a lot of the drafts I got him in, and he's given us three out of his four starts have been, I think, very good. So I'm still very excited with what we've seen out of Trevor Richards so far. Well, well why'd you bring this up? Greg? That's not I mean, what I wanted to hear. That's not what that, uh, the voice up. I just are want you trying to stir the pot right I'm now. I'm trying, trying to stir the pot. pot. I was just asking Mike if he listened to the show. I was hoping oh, you. I, were, I hope you were going to respond to Mike's voice. Is what I was looking at you for. Trevor Richards, he's top 30 starting pitcher. <laughs> I, in my defense, in your defense of Trevor Richards, I actually did go on to say that he's been good in three out of four starts. So I don't, you know, I, wasn't, I don't want to bash the guy too much. It is worth mentioning. He's got a 5.75 XFIP, Mike. So, I mean, we can't just yeah, sweep that under the rug. No, no, no. But, but before his, not again, this, like, not to defend him, but before his last outing, his XFIP and FIP were like barely over three. So they really did take a beating in that, and, and rightfully so. And I put it in my Patreon page. Like, he was atrocious in that, in that first inning. That fifth inning, though, I don't think was on him. Uh, there's a reason why they called up literally a right fielder the next day and moved Austin Dean out to left because that Javier Baez bloop double I don't think should have fallen in. And then that fifth run was charged literally a routine ground ball to Rojas at shortstop who just caught it and, like, lazily threw it to second, and Wilson Contreras got in before the throw there. Like, how you could blame that one on Trevor Richards, I, I don't get. I, ag- I agree with both of those. What I will say, and I think this goes into the XFIP being as high as it is, is he gave up a lot of hard contact, and there was about four or five balls that just died on the warning track, and I think that's why the XFIP you see is much higher than the, than the ERA because the home run to fly ball ratio uh, is much lower than league average, and he's actually given up more fly balls this year. Um, so I think that's why you see the exit as high as it is because he got saved by the fact that he pitches in Marlins Park the other day. But again, I mean, he's going to pitch half of his games in Marlins Park. So good, all the power to him. That's fine. Well, let me throw this out at you. And this conversation we had pretty significantly two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago now. Florio, can you rank the Marlins starting pitchers right now of how badly you want to own them in fantasy yes. baseball? Yes. Uh, I still have... Trevor Richards one, but it's getting very close. And then I would put Caleb Smith second, Pablo Lopez, who I like a lot. Like I think Pablo Lopez is uh 
is being very underrated because that ERA is very high. But if you look at everything else across the board, Pablo Lopez is a legit pitcher. And once he, I saw Matt Modica tweeting it the other day, and I very much so agree with him. Like right now, early in the season, if you're seeing a pitcher, all right, yeah, he's struggling. That ERA is a little high. But if all the underlying stats are saying like this guy is a legit pitcher, and with Pablo Lopez, I believe that they are then I want to try to get him now for dirt cheap while he's, other people are dropping him or at least, you know, be ready to pounce on picking him up because I do think there is skill in that arm. After him, I would put Alcantara four, and I, I'll admit I was dead wrong on Alcantara after that first outing. I got excited about him. I picked him up in a couple of leagues. He's still a long ways away, and I think a part of that is because he's not throwing his slider as his primary pitch anymore. He did that first start, had the best results of the season. I don't know why he's gone away from that. But I think he is four, and then Jose Urania is a clear five. He's the one I have no interest in. Yeah, for me, I would have it, um, and it's not a knock on Trevor Richards. I still like him a lot. I just think that everyone else in this rotation is also really good. Not everyone, but I like Caleb Smith and Pablo Lopez the most. I think they're like a 1A, 1B I agree with you. Um, And then I would have Trevor Richards third. Again, I like all three of those a lot. Um, And then to me, it's also Sandy Alcantara four, and then Jose Urania five. Again, I don't understand why if something's working for a pitcher. It was similar to Pablo Lopez where uh, his pitching usage was, it worked well for him in his first start, and he changed it in his second start, and he kind of got roughed up. I didn't really understand why he changed it, and that was kind of something similar to what Mike was alluding to regarding Sandy Alcantara. I just don't get it. If something's working for you as a pitcher, why do you change it? I'll never understand, but hey, I mean, they do it for a living. I don't, Greg. No, you don't. You'd like to, but but you don't. In Yahoo Leagues, for instance, Caleb Smith is owned in 37% of leagues. Does that make him a must-add if he's available in your, in your league, Floria? Yeah, I think he should have been added like a week ago at this point. Uh, I mean, you look at what he's doing. He's giving you well over a strikeout per nine. I know his ERA is below three, but the indicators aren't much higher than that. Uh, anything... I do think, though, there's some regression coming. His BABIP is below 200. His strand rate is at 82%, which is too high. But as those normal uh, normalize, his ERA will end up more like his FIP or XFIP, which is between 3.2 and 3.55. So, again, he is going to be a, a arm that can contribute to fantasy because he's not going to kill your ratios, and you're going to get a lot of strikeouts. Absolutely. Even if you get a 3.6 ERA, Greg, and a you know 1.25 whip from a guy that you picked up, those are great ratios. And he's averaging 11 strikeouts per nine. So I agree. Caleb Smith should be higher owned than that. It's actually surprising me that it's that low. And then just, I just looked into Pablo Lopez's ownership percentage, Greg. 5%. 5%. Yeah. I, I mean, how is he only 5%? I think, you know, this is people just looking at results early on in the season. But I agree. And this is what I was talking about with Pablo Lopez. I think it was last week saying, I still trust him. I'm not dropping him in locations where I own him because... Again, the underlying numbers were still very good. The swinging strike rate is up. The velo is still up this year for Pablo Lopez. He pitches in Marlins Park. We know that the wins are going to be hard to come by for a lot of these guys, but the underlying skills for Pablo Lopez was still there. So if he's out there in your waiver wire, which is very likely that he is because he's only 5% owned on Yahoo, he's a guy that I would be aggressive in adding as well. All right, let's move on from the Marlins uh, starting pitchers, guys. Um, Let's find out who Florio's uh, guy was. Sure, right, yes. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, it, it it is 100% Hunter Dozier. He is the the player that I am adding the most this week. Uh, 
Frank knows this. I bid $7 out of 100 in a home league of ours. That's a points league. But you look at what Hunter Dozier's doing this year. And, and I'll admit, I was not in on him coming into this year. But he is a completely different hitter now. He's hitting for average. He's hitting for power. He's cut down on the strikeouts. He's walking more. And the expected stats, his expected batting average is higher than his 279 batting average right now. His uh, expected slugging is higher than his 557 slugging percentage right now. Plus, He's part of the 40-40 club, and if you want to add in the pull percentage, he's part of the 40-40-40 club of 40% rate over the hard hit uh, hard hit rate over 40%, fly ball rate over 40%, pull rate over 40%, and now he's hitting in the middle of the Royals rotation going forward. I really am bullish on Hunter Dozier, and I would be looking to add him wherever he is available right now. Hunter Dozier is somebody that you and Frank tied on yesterday, I believe, in a league, right, Frank? Yeah, we tied. We both had a $7 bid. I'm still waiting to hear back from our commissioner as to what the tiebreaker is. Yeah, uh, Not that it matters because it's already set in stone. So Florio got Hunter Doge. We had the same amount of uh, bid for him, $7. And you knew I was bullish on him, and I was bullish on him over the weekend. Didn't win him everywhere. Honestly, I just wasn't aggressive enough. That's on me. I can't blame anyone else. So I should have been more aggressive to get my guy. Uh, but there was a lot that I liked. I saw those same numbers. The expected batting average was much higher. Cut down on the strikeouts. Uh, there's a lot to like with Hunter Dozier. The only problem is uh, he plays in Kansas City, which is not a great ballpark to hit in. But you look at the three hitters that are hitting ahead of him, I think he's going to have a lot of RBI opportunities too. I've continuously said that about Alex Gordon. And Alex Gordon's only one spot ahead of him. So if you look at Whit Merrifield and then Adalberto Mondesi and Alex Gordon, Hunter Dozier's in a good spot in terms of, uh, in terms of that lineup. I just wish that he hit in a better location in terms of his home ballpark. But uh, these are things that we can't change. Un- unfortunately, I didn't include him in the poll, Greg, because I just assumed that he was much more owned than everyone else. We've been talking about him all week anyway. So I have Ryan McMahon, Frankie Montas, Christian Walker, and Scott Kingery in the poll. And Ryan McMahon has 40% of the vote right now. Hunter Dozier is owned in just 39% of Yahoo leagues at this point. It, it should be higher. As of yesterday, it was 33% in CBS. Okay, so it's he's only owned about a third of leagues here. So you, you got to go get Hunter Dozier see the right Kansas now. City Royals. Yeah, it's ugly. I like get it. Line up and... Uh, you know, they're just not really looking into it, but he's got five homers on the on the year. He hit two of them uh, this week already, and he's performing well. And he has uh, first and third base position eligibility, at least he does on Yahoo. Um, so, you know, that on, that obviously adds to his uh, his fantasy value as well, having that versatility. Florio, I know. I think, yeah. Go ahead, Gray. No, I was going to say to Frank's point about the hitters in front of him, I think he has good protection behind him as well to help him score some runs. I think Ryan O'Hearn, uh, while... I know the batting average is low. I wrote yesterday on my Patreon page. There's a lot to like still with Ryan O'Hearn and then Jorge Soler playing well behind him. I think he's right smack in the middle where he's going to have an opportunity to drive in runs with the hitters ahead of him and still score runs with the hitters behind him. We're bullish on the Royals lineup, Greg. Here you go. April 19th. Let me, give you a couple, let me give you a couple names with Hunter Dozier here. Would you drop Brandon Lau for Hunter Dozier? Why are we dropping Brandon yes. Lau? I'm asking. I'd rather I, I wouldn't want to drop him, but I'd rather Hunter Dozier. But you have to pick. You, if you're going to pick Hunter Dozier up, you have to drop somebody. So I'm trying I, to find. I understand, name. but you can't find someone on your team who's. This isn't my. This isn't my team. I'm just. I'm yeah. just going randomly. To be, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's a tough one because I like Brandon Lau a lot as well. I, I would just. I would stick with Lau. I think there's a little more power speed combination. He has two stolen bases on the year as well. Tampa Bay lineup is sneaky good. It's not a knock on Dozier because I just you know told you all the reasons why I like him. I just also like Brandon Lau a lot as well. Speaking of jobs, maybe Hunter Dozier's not the right person. Let's let's get into Scott Kingery here, right? So Scott Kingery going to play right now uh, for Gene Segura as long as Segura is out. Kingery's hot. 
Uh, he obviously has multi-position eligibility, and that's awesome. How badly do you want Kingery right now, Florio? It's increased since Odubel has landed on the IL because now I think there is a path, at least for the next week and a half, for him to get every day at bats because I think they will put him in the outfield. But I still am not fully bullish on him because I like when Odubel comes back, where is he going to play every day? I know a lot of people are holding out hope that he beats out Cesar Hernandez or Odubel for their jobs, but I haven't really seen, like, at least early on in the year, it hasn't looked like any implication that that's going to happen. So you are excited, but cautious, it sounds cautious like. Cautious optimism. I'm, yeah. I'm excited for the near future, and I have my questions, though, over the court. Like, I'm not one of these people who am saying, like, he's going to take Odubel's job. Right. That that, that can happen, but I don't feel com- confident enough in saying, like, oh, this will definitely happen. Also, can remember— center field, though? That's so that's thing. exactly what I was going to say, yeah. because you have to remember that Byron Altair is there, Roman Quinn is there. There's names that's going to play center field, not just Kingery. Who, Quinn? Roman. Oh, oh God. Roman the, Quinn. The big, the big dog, Roman like, Quinn. The big dog, Roman Quinn. Until last night, Roman Reigns is in the spinoff to the Fast and the Furious movie with The Rock. Really? Yes, he is. He, there's a scene, I don't know how, not to take us off topic, but like The Rock goes from being like a, a cop in America and all of a sudden like, He's like doing like a like a he's doing like tribal a, dances. Yeah, he's doing like Samoan like tribal dances. Reigns, I saw the same like, commercial last night. Like, what is going on here? And then he does like Roman Reigns does like the whoa uh, like at the end of the dance, and I was just like, what is going on? Sounds like something I won't see. Um, f- how, are you more in on Kingery or out on Kingery than Florio is? Well, before I answer that, I want to look up if he played center field at all last year. He played one game in center field. Scott okay, Kingery did so. Yeah. Doesn't have the most experience there. He is their technically utility guy because he could play. He played 119 games at shortstop last year, 10 at third base, four at second base, uh, and he played eight games in the outfield. Whether or not he can handle center field, I'm not sure about that. Yeah, Scott Kingery is interesting. You look at the the early season uh, batted ball data. What I really like a lot is that he's striking out over 10 percent less than he was last sure, year. Sure, last sure. season, you know, 26 percent strikeout rate. This year, it's just 15.6 percent. But his ground ball rate this season, Greg, also up 19%. Not so so good. I have questions with that. The hard hit rate still only 25%. Don't get me wrong. He's in a great spot. He, you know, he, it, when he's in the lineup, he's batting second. It's ahead of uh, Bryce Harper, ahead of Reese Hoskins. It, you know, he's in a great spot. He's just behind Andrew McCutcheon. So from that perspective and hitting in Citizens Bank Park, like, yeah, for the short term, I want exposure to Scott Kingery. But I agree with Mike wholeheartedly in that. When everyone's back, I just don't know if he's going to be able to play every day. Yesterday, what I said about him, I st- I'll stick with. And what I truly believe is if he performs well, he'll probably be that, you know, Marwin Gonzalez type role right. for this team where they'll find a way to get, if they play six games, they'll find a way to get him in the lineup three, four games a week. Is he going to play the five, six games that you want every single week once everyone's healthy? I don't know. And then that also leads itself into the cream of the crop promo, which we went to with Macho Man. If he performs, sure, I think he'll be in the lineup. But, uh, you know, they could find ways. They'll, you know, they'll give Michael Franco a day off. They'll give Cesar Hernandez a day off. You know, they'll find ways to get him in the lineup. They'll give Gene Segura a day off. But is he going to play every single day when everyone's back? I'm not sure. For the short term, yes, I like him. But I do have my concerns long term. Let me give you a couple of names, guys. You let me know if you're dropping this player for Scott Kingery right now this week. Jose Peraza. In, I would do that. In Roto, no. In any other format, I'm all right with it. Okay. 
Because Roto, I still think that Peraza has like 25, 30 stolen bases. Gloria, you answered with a question mark. Yeah, because I, I, in Roto, it's a little bit harder, like Frank said, but the Phillies are an interesting team, man. Like, they sent down Nick Pavetta with the logic that every game matters now. So, like, I do think that at least in this next week or so, that they will put Kingery in center field because I think they'll do a lot like what we've seen a lot of teams do this year. Get your best your best bats out there for the start of the game. And then in like the seventh inning, you pull them for a defensive replacement. I, I think we're going to see Philly do that. I'm actually more confident. I could be wrong again, but I'm more confident in his playing time in the outfield, at least in the next week or so than him getting four or five games a week when everyone is healthy. Cause I, I, to me, that's just hard to do given that their lineup really is one through eight, very deep. You mentioned Nick Pavetta. Would you drop Nick Pavetta right now? In a 12-team league, I think you can. In, in anything deeper, I'm holding. Because I think he's going to be back soon. Their their statement was like they still think he is a top-of-the-rotation arm for them going forward. He just has some mechanical issues they were saying to work through. And with every game being so vital this year, they're, they don't want to waste games with him trying to figure it out at the major league level. Which I give them kudos, man. Like They're treating this division the way they should, whereas, like, tonight, as a Met fan, I get to watch Jason Vargas go out and pitch. So I'm giving, like, I I give Philly a lot of credit. They are, they said they were going to go for it and be very aggressive, and they are 100% putting their their money where their mouth is. Mike, I mean, Greg, I have a Nick Pavetta update. Okay. My stance on Nick Pavetta. Sure. Which I yelled at you about the other day. Here we go. I would drop him for Montas, Soroka, and any of the Marlins guys that we mentioned. (laughs) But so you would totally drop him then? Yeah, but uh, <laughs> and, and no, in the league that I, I play, in, those guys are not available. A, yeah, I love this is a yeah, but in the league, I, in the I'm league that a, I play, in, the, he's, those guys are not available. Even in my twelve-team leagues that I play, in, those guys are not available. I would not drop him for Montas. I would do it for the not, other guy. Absolutely, are you not in on Frankie Montas? He is this year's Jacob Junis to me. All right, let's talk about Frankie Montas. He's probably the top pitcher available uh, in many leagues. So when we come back, we'll talk to Florio about Montas. I'll give you a couple other names to drop for a Scott Kingery and see where you guys fall on that as well. Uh, we'll do that over the next couple of hours. It's Waiver Wire Friday with Michael Florio here on the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. The Fantasy Sports Network is ready to take you out to the ballgame. Our experts and analysts are following the boys of summer through all 162 games of the 2019 MLB season with the best fantasy baseball analysis in the industry. Catch the latest news and notes every day to help you win your fantasy leagues and your DFS tournaments. We'll always want you back listening and watching the Fantasy Sports Network on the FNTSY radio app and the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, where we're root, root, rooting for your fantasy baseball team. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. 
Scout Fantasy Sports. So many people have this thought of like long term. Like I'm in a baseball league right now. There's a guy in there. He has nine minor leaguers on his active roster. This is a daily league. Right. He's format. playing for 2030, right? Well, he did the same thing last year and finished near the bottom, and now he's near the bottom. What's the point? What? Do you, why are we waiting to 2000, two, three years down the road for what? And we only keep five guys. It's right. stupid. Weekdays, two to four p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast That's providers. Stupid. Can't get enough fantasy football? Roto Experts has launched their NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package, which includes the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package only at rotoexperts.com. Florio, what did you think of what? I don't. I didn't ask you either, Frank. What do you guys think of the uh, the new Lil Dicky song? I have not heard it. Oh, it's a it's a big mix with all these celebrities to promote climate change. It's called Earth. It's like all the proceeds go to like Leo DiCaprio's charity. And has, it has, that's interesting. It's like all like, hey, I'm a this, I'm a that, and then Snoop Dogg's, I'm a marijuana plant, and then Kevin Hart goes, <laughs> and then Kevin Hart goes, I'm Kanye West. It's actually, it's really funny. The first time I heard it, I go, this is ridiculous, and then you're like, ah, oh, this is pretty good. Basically, that, that every, sounds funny. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, basically like every little Dicky song. Um, all right, we're back here, at Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Before we move on to Montas, um, let me go over Kingery again. Just some of the guys I want to know if he'll drop this player for Scott Kingery. Would you drop Tim Beckham for Kingery? Uh, yeah, I'm okay with that. I would as well. Freddie Galvis? Yeah, even though he's underrated, very underrated. I'm all right with that. One more. Dansby Swanson. That one I have more... I would keep Dansby. No, I don't... I would, yeah, I would hold on to Dansby. Okay. All right, there you go. That was, uh, that was my Scott Kingery. Pick, you know, pick and choose. Let's move on to Montas. You said that you believe Frankie Montas is this year's Jake Junis. Junis is obviously very, very good in April. Kind of struggled last year in the middle of the season. Then got hot towards the end of the year again. Now, the problem with Junis was that it wasn't believable. The, all season long, the advanced stats says he was not going to be good. He came back down to the mean, and then the advanced stats said, hey, he's going to be a little bit better, and then he went back up to that. He struck out more people as the season went on. What don't you like about Frankie Montas here? Yeah, and when I said he's this year's Junis, it wasn't like, oh, they remind me of each other when they pitch or anything. But it was, if you remember last year, early in the year, like you said, Greg, we kept saying, like, Jake Junis is getting results, but they're not believable. And I feel like Montas is the same way. He's got a 200 Babbitt right now, a strand rate of 92.4%. And while that ERA is sub-3, the FIP is 4.65, and, and I think that is more realistic with him than the XFIP at 3.86, because I understand that. He is a heavy ground ball pitcher, but I think as that Babbitt climbs back up to where I, I expect it to be over 300 with a pitcher that pitches two contacts so much and that strand rate falls back down to league average, which is going to be a, a significant change for him. I think that's going to hurt him. Plus, he doesn't get a lot of strikeouts. And I understand, you know, he's got this new pitch, uh, the split finger and the slider have been very effective pitches for him this year. I'm not going to say they're not, but he still throws his two fastballs more than those pitches. And those two fastballs, suck 
He gets barely any swinging strikes with them. And right now, like, he has a 185 Babbitt on his two-seamer, but the expected Woba is over 400. So, like, I do think there is a lot of market correction coming with Frankie Montas. And he's going to – like, I think you might have missed out on the, the really hot month. And now the next – like, at some point in time, regression is going to hit, and I do not want him in my lineup when that happens. The BABIP is undoubtedly low at 200, and the strand rate is high as well at 92%. Uh, 92%. Uh, but – I will say this, regarding the swinging strikes, uh, I think more strikeouts are going to come, Greg. Uh, I have a little bit more faith in the arsenal. I hear what Florio's saying regarding the fastball, but I've watched him pitch a few times already this year, and I really like what I've seen in terms of the slider and the split-finger pitch that he's using. And and to be fair, if you look at the matchups he's had, he's faced the Astros twice and the Angels once, uh, and they rank first. uh, Well, they rank first and third in terms of um, swinging strike rate. They, They don't swing and miss much at all. The Angels just 7.3% swinging strike rate on the season, so they don't swing and miss a lot. And then the Astros, who he's faced twice and has performed very well against twice, uh, just a 9.8% swinging strike rate for their team overall this season. So uh, I think he's had some tough matchups in terms of uh, strikeouts. Uh, I think think you're going to see some more swinging strikes come. not saying he's going to light the world on fire in terms of strikeouts, but 7.7 Ks per nine I think is a little bit low for him. I'm somewhere in the middle because I do think that regression is coming for him at some point, but I'm not going to sit here and say that I don't think he's going to be an over four ERA guy. I could be wrong about that. I could be but wrong. Even if he's three, eight and right now he sits at two, seven, that means he's going, he's not going to be giving you the results you've got. Like for him to end up at a three, eight, he could pitch the rest of the way with an over four ERA. So that that's the way. And, and plus I, it could be what you're saying, like hard opponents to strike out. Even with two strikes, none of his pitches play as a big swinging strike uh, pitch. His best is his slider at 22%, and with two strikes, that's a very low rate. So I, I, I'm i not sold on the strikeouts coming with him. I'll give you a couple names. You let me know who you'd rather have, Frankie Montas or Jordan Lyles. I would I've added Montas. Jordan Lyles, but I'll, I'll say Montas, but I'm excited about Lyles. I think he should be added as well. Frankie Montas or Aaron Sanchez? Sanchez. Still Sanchez for me. Frankie Montas or Mike Soroka? Soroka. Why are you going to do this, Greg? Soroka. Frankie Montas or Zach Eflin? Eflin, easily for me. Um, I'll still take Eflin. What did you think of Eflin's performance in Colorado last night, Mike? I didn't get to watch it, but looking at it over, I thought it was a good outing. I mean, to first five innings, he pitched shutout, and then uh, an error led to some unearned runs. I know it was a three-run homer, but the swing strikes were down, which I didn't love. But other than that, I think it was a very strong outing from him in a very, very, very hard place to pitch. So I, I, we've seen one bad outing out of Eflin. I think with this new like cutter that he's throwing, he found a swing and miss pitch, it is, and he's throwing it very often. So kind of the Patrick Corbin route, you know, when you have, find this new great pitch to throw it as you know as often as you possibly can. So I, I'm really intrigued with Zach Eflin going forward. Let me move on to some of the other top waiver ads this week, and we'll let you know who you could drop with them. I mentioned Scott Kingery and Alex Verdugo before. Let's let's jump in on Verdugo. We've had this conversation over the past week or two with will Verdugo get enough playing time, and if he does, how badly do you need to pick up need to pick him up? Frank, it's a waiver wire Friday here. How badly do you need to pick up Verdugo, who is owned in just sixteen percent of Yahoo leagues? This is a cop out answer, one hundred percent, and that's why I'm going to preface my answer with that. But it's Roster construction base. If you can afford to stash a guy and take a chance, 
which is hard right now, and I understand it because a lot of people are dealing with multiple injuries. I have a league where I have four guys that are on the IL on my team, and it's just it's hard to stash players. But if you were fortunate to this point and you don't have a ton of those injured players on your bench, I think he's one of the top stash guys because as we saw with Bellinger the other day, thank God that Bellinger's all right, but we're one injury away here for the Dodgers uh, for Alex Verdugo being a must-own player. Is he a must-own player right now? I, I would say no, just because of the playing time concerns. But the way that he's playing overall, when he's been in the lineup, Greg, he's batting 360, he's got three homers, he's got 12 ribbies. I think he's ready to take off. I, you know, the way that they've brought him along and they've developed him, I think he's ready to compete at the major league level. It's just he doesn't have a spot to play every day. But they have A.J. Pollock in their lineup. Um, Cody Bellinger got hit the other day. Again, he's good to go. But he's one injury away from being a must-own player. If I could stash him, I would. How badly do you think Alex Verdugo needs to be added on teams, Mike? I think Frank hit the nail on the head there because right now there's just simply no playing time for him. So I understand if you can afford to stash him because he's not going to play over Jock except against lefties or Pollock or Bellinger. He's just simply not. And in the infield, they have a lot of options as well. We, we I wouldn't be surprised if even if you know someone wants to get hurt. I think they will use him primarily then, but they just have so many options there. Like we could see Max Muncy go into the outfield. So while I agree with Frank, I think he is a great stash right now, but he is not a guy that, you know, everyone has that privilege because a lot of guys are banged up right now. So I think Frank hit that nail on the head, but on the Dodgers point, man, and them having way too much talent, like Julio Urias pitched great yesterday. He's back to the bullpen. Ross Stripling is pitching tonight. It might be his last turn in the rotation with Rich Hill nearing. So there's just so much depth on this team. It's going to be frustrating. But I would stash Verdugo if if you have that option. Uh, a little bit of breaking news here. Michael Chavis being called up for the Boston Red Sox. He's our top hitting prospect. And he, that is interesting. He, this, and this season, he's played all around the infield, first, second, and third base. Obviously, Dustin Pedroia is hurt. Brock Holt still hurt uh, down there in the minors. Um, so... Is there any interest here on a speculative ad, Frank? Yeah, this is an interesting one. He, you're right. He's their top-hitting prospect. It was just two years ago, 2017. He hits 31 home runs with a 282 batting average. He's also a player who strikes out a lot. Um, but you know, last year also hit 298. The power came down a little bit. Uh, it seemed like he was injured because he only played 46 games last year, whereas in 2017 he hits 126. Uh, this is nothing more than a, a deeper league. You know, if I play in a 15-teamer, uh, maybe I speculate, add him to my bench and see if something pops off here. But he's their top hitting prospect for a reason, Greg. Uh, obviously, in AL only, I, w- I would be aggressive there as well just to see if something pops here because uh, this is one of those where you're taking a shot on the talent, the skills, and if he performs well, maybe he sticks with the Boston Red Sox. I also want to remind you that he's up there because Eduardo Nunez hit the DL here um, with a mid-back strain. Obviously, Dustin Pedroia yesterday. Nunez and Pedroia on the IL. He's probably going to play second second base base every day, right? Which is weird because he's not normally a second baseman. I know you said that he has played. I can actually actually give you the breakdown this year. He's he's played 11 games in AAA this year. Reminds me of Ryan McMahon, actually, who was normally a third first baseman. and then Six six games at third base, five games at second base. So he's played plenty of second base this year. This is an interesting one. This is a a really interesting one. I would would take a shot on him. Especially if you need a middle infielder, just because what do the Red Sox owe Dustin Pedroia at this point? Like he's he's not worth being an everyday starter outside of that contract, and and Eduardo Nunez is nothing special either. So if this kid comes up and hits well, 
and gives this uh this uh, this lineup that desperately needs a spark. If he can give them like a little spark, I think they will continue to roll with him, especially after this slow start. All right, so there you go, so Michael Chavis. Maybe maybe giving a spark to the Red Sox here. Getting called up, we'll see what damage. How aggressive he does. in Fab regarding Chavis, right? So I have him. He's going to be available in the main event in Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. We play in multiple fifteen-team roto leagues as well. I guess a lot depends on what he does the next couple of days. Obviously, if he's in the lineup, yeah, like, this if he is comes one up and hits a home run. He's going to go for like a lot of money. You know, twelve to fifteen percent of your budget. I don't think. I, see, I don't think that should be that. Yeah. To me, I'm thinking like, what if people have Fab running tonight? Honestly, you might be able to, to slip one by the goal and get e- e- for even less than that. Like it's a Friday you night. Think that much? Five to ten <laughs> percent? Yeah, seven? I was saying less than that. I was in like four. Okay. Yeah. No, I just want to be. I want to be aggressive with this. It's a, yeah. It's a, it's a good lineup. Again, I think if he performs well, he'll stay up. You know why wouldn't he? Uh, he's he's played in he's played in AAA this year. He played uh, in eight games at AAA last year. So far this season, he's got four home runs and two fifty batting average, a nine fifty four OPS at AAA. I'm not sure what else he has to prove. I'm intrigued, man. Would you rather have Michael Chavis or Scott Kingery? Scott Kingery. Oh, man. That's, that's a good question. Both are good lineups. Both are good places to hit. I think I would take the unknown with Michael Chavis. I think they both have upside. I, you know, I don't want to write off Kingery too quick because he was a near 30-30 player in the minors just two years ago, and the Phillies were super excited for him last year. But as I've referenced all week, Greg, he had an opportunity last year. And he didn't, you know, he yeah, didn't perform. I, I'm not holding better, that though. against him. Mike, Mike Trout sucked his first year. And he was the greatest player to ever play the game. Like, I, I'm not holding the fact that Kingery in a limited role last year didn't play well. I think his upside is, is higher, so I would go with him. I don't, and to be fair, I don't think there's a wrong answer here. I mean, down the line, there could easily be a wrong <laughs> answer. But I think both of them have upside. I think both of them have legitimate upside. I, I, I will say Chavis. this. Frank, to your point of uh, if you run Fab today, like in our home leagues, we run Fabs on Wednesday night. They go like Wednesday overnight, Friday overnight, and Sunday. And Friday is always the guy, the way where you could sneak good value in because everyone goes hard for that first one of the week to set them up for the next week. And Sunday, you know, we we know that this is your final chance before lineups lock. But Friday night, I feel like a lot of the good values that I, I've gotten in this league in those leagues come on the Friday waivers because you could sneak a guy by for point. cheaper than than he would go for. Yeah. Everyone, everyone's partying on a Friday night. Mike, make sure you drink very heavily tonight uh, and don't bid on Michael Chavis. <laughs> we have five minutes left with you, Florio, so I wanted to throw a couple more names at you um, that I know has been on my radar, and I was talking to Frank, to Frank about this last night at the Yankee game, and that's my guy, Avisail Garcia, who uh, I, I've been in on in the past. I, I know I, I have this love for him, admittedly, but he's hot again, and, and he's playing every day. We talked about him a couple of days ago on, on the program. Avisael Garcia, if he's out there in your league, how aggressive do you think people should be? It all depends on your need. Like in my 12 team leagues where we have like four outfielders, I don't see a need for him on those teams. I I mean, it it all comes down to roster construction. I think if you need an outfielder, though, he is 100% a guy that I would be bidding on. Like you said, Greggy, he's hot. But just for me in my 12, I think in 12 team leagues, you could be a lot less aggressive because. Typically, there's going to be better names on the waiver wire there. So in a 12-team league, I'd probably say like like 5%, if that. And then in a in a 15-team league, I would be a little bit more aggressive, like yeah. 7-ish percent. I was thinking 2 to 3%. Uh, again, I think if you play in a league where you start four or five outfielders, 
it's more likely that you need outfield help. So, you know, if you play in a standard three outfielder league or something like that, like, I don't know that you need to own him. Um, there's probably better replacement value uh, available. But if you play in a four or five outfielder league, I, I think I, w- I would take a chance on him. He's performed well. I mean, three homers already, two stolen bases, which we're not normally used to seeing from Avisael Garcia. Uh, you know, he, he, you could depend on him for batting average. He's performed well. Uh, he's actually lifting the ball a little bit more this year, too, which is always a good sign to see. The uh, Fly ball rate over 40%. Very early, but that would be the first time in his career that it's over 40%. Two more names to mention, Florio, before we, we kick you out. Um, Christian Walker was picked up in week one, dropped in week two, hit a home run again last night. Why was he dropped? I, 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 that's what I don't understand. You got cold. That's why. He did get cold. Yeah, but... But, but a guy, see, a guy like he's that... Got, he's got big... Like, you got to take the good with the bad with him, Greg, so, so, well, I, 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 I want to answer your question. out on, like, a multi-homer game. I, I, like I, I want to answer your question, though. A guy like Christian Walker, you pick him up when he's hot. And the thought is it's not going to last, and when he gets cold, you just cut bait. Now he's hot again, theoretically, you pick him back up. He's I think not I just somebody, had he, higher, he, there's no trust factor with him. I think I had higher expectations when Most I was people. adding him yeah. because, you know, I trust a little bit more. Or like Everyone gives him the quad A player label, but he's performed very well in the minors for years and just never really hasn't given a chance. And he strikes out a lot, I understand that, so it's going to affect the batting average. Greg, he has a 71% hard hit rate. It's very early in the season, but when he makes contact, He's crushing the ball. He's hitting it really, really hard. And over 40% fly balls and solid plate discipline. So if you're playing an OBP league, uh, he's got, you know, 10% walk rate. Solid walk rate. Terrible strikeout rate. Yeah, but, but you know, uh, look, he's a three true outcome guy. And there's a lot of players like that in, in baseball nowadays. And a lot of them are owned, you know. Like, you know, I'm talking about extremes like Aaron Judge, obviously a first-round player. And, and Joey Gallo, obviously you expect 40 home runs. But why can't Christian Walker be this year's Jesus Aguilar? I'll just throw it out there. Why can't he be? It, it, you know, a little bit more strikeouts than Jesus Aguilar, but hits the ball extremely hard. He's going to give you power. Um, it's in a decent location. He's going to get some games in Coors Field playing in the NL West. I wouldn't have dropped him. I, I think he's one of these guys that you just kind of take the good with the bad, and he's going to be streaky, but with the, the week you bench him is the week that he's going to go off for five homers, Greg. Florio, would you rather Christian Walker or Dwight Smith? Christian Walker. Okay. I agree. I agree as well. But everyone's sleeping on Dwight Smith, and he just keeps getting it done, dude. Hitting, hitting like either two or three, depending on the game. They don't have anyone else, so yeah. you know he's going to play, play every day towards the top of the lineup. You know, I think him and Avisael Garcia are probably, you know, if you need an outfielder, those are those might be your top guys. Mike, you got 10 seconds. Plug your Patreon, bud. Yeah, go to my Patreon page. Daily content there on starting pitchers and, and a lot of other thoughts. Bullpen, hitters. Like, I wrote about Marcelo Zuna lifting the ball more this week. Lots of good stuff there. All right, there you go. Mike Florio joins us each and every Friday live from L.A. We appreciate the time, Mike. Ventura and my cousin Mike are up next. Thanks, Mikey.